Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. I even love that it's family friendly. I can go there with friends and get way too passionate, or I can go with just my wife and kid and enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and I hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram No MT today, but with me per usual, my master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime. Tough day, but I'm still crazy excited to announce rejoining us after I'm not even sure how long, hell of long, the Golden State beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who's covering every single finals, press conference, practice, shoot around a game in person, and a guy who we taught the phrase lemon booty to during our last podcast, Mr. CJ Holmes. What's going on, CJ? What up, what up? Good to be back, y'all. Yeah, man, we need you. So I'm going to call this an emergency podcast. We're on the other side of a pretty fucking frustrating loss in game one of the finals, but that's not what makes this an emergency, boys. What makes this an emergency is Dub Nation's response to this. From what I can tell, everyone is treating this like a single elimination tournament. Like the Warriors just lost four games last night, not one. I came in and my business manager, you know, so it's this reduced staff now. I still work in the city, but most fools don't make the drive. And everybody knows I'm a Warriors fan, you know, but not everyone's big Warriors fans. And my business manager came in and was speaking around me in fucking hushed tones. Like it was a funeral, like my dog had just died. And it's like, Jesus, you're like, what's going on? It's only been one loss. 
So CJ, Maxime, I need you boys. We need to kind of get some perspective here. And let me start this way. So you were there, CJ, you covered them. You spoke to the players afterwards. What was your sense from the Warriors? Is there panic on the team at all? Nah, they're not tripping. They know they let one go on their home floor and they know they lost the game that they absolutely should have won. But, you know, they weren't tripping. You know, Draymond Green said they'll be fine. Steph said they'll be fine. You know, Kevon Looney will be fine across the board. I guess the, I guess in their mind, you know, if they make the proper adjustments, there's no reason why the Celtics should shoot like that again. But, you know, I guess, the you know, some reasons for concern is I don't think Jason Tatum is going to be that ineffective again. So it might, like, level out. But, you know, the fact remains that the Warriors control three quarters of that game. And um, just the fourth quarter was just in one of the best shooting displays I have seen in any quarter, um, any game I've ever covered. So um, I think the Warriors think they'll be just fine. It's just that they know they will let one get away. And, you know, they gave they gave this Boston team some confidence. You know, now they're going to have to find a way to go steal one in, in Boston. It, the thing that I think is frustrating all of us, and we'll get into this a little bit in a minute, but it's that it ended the way it did, right? Like if if the Warriors had had a furious comeback in the fourth and came up just short, then this loss would feel a little bit different. You know, it's like having an amazing meal and then having a turd sandwich for dessert. You know, like we still have this fucking turd in our mouth and it, we got to get it out. We forget about the things that happened beforehand. Uh, coaching staff, how about that, man? Were they just as even keeled and fine or did you sense any desperation from Kerr and company? I didn't sense any desperation. Um, that's what I don't get. Like, Warriors fans need to relax a little bit, right? Exactly. I mean, look, I'm, I cover this team objectively, but, you know, I was in a Twitter space last night after the game, and it's just like like fans are fighting each other. And, you know, if we <laughs> lose this series, you know, it's on Kerr and, like, all this stuff. Just, like, relax. Like, relax a little bit. That's you know? Yes. So yes, like, I know. Yes, I know. Showed for three quarters that, you know, they're a pretty damn good team. They just kind of let go of the rope there in the fourth. And that's and the errors they made are easily correctable. Um, a big, frust- you know, a frustrating aspect as far as coaching is, you know, during the middle of that massive run, no timeouts, <sighs> no, no, no way to stop the bleeding, no way to rally the troops. There, there was none of that. So, I mean, I guess from a coaching perspective, yeah, you know, you know that's that's pretty frustrating. But from for three quarters, I mean, I mean, say what you want about the rotations, right? But for three quarters, it was just fine, right? It's like it, three quarters, it was just fine. Things were going smoothly for the Warriors, or at least, at least, you know, first quarter, third quarter. They was second, they second they, quarter. Of course, they went to halftime. We had some lapses. We had some lapses. Yeah. And, I, and I tell you what, I'll organize our thoughts here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to push us towards the golden questions, the mailbag, because I know it's going to kind of unleash a lot of this stuff. And I know Maxime has some both good and some bad things to say. So here's our first. And it's our chance to get this shit off our chest. You know, I, I want today to be optimistic. I want today to be big picture. But it'd be ridiculous if we came in here and celebrated. Of course, we're all fucking frustrated, right? And here's the first question. I'm sure you will want to stay optimistic. But please wallow with me for at least a moment. What was the most frustrating parts of last night? So I'll, I'll turn this to you, Maxine. But first, let me just say, CJ, I agree with you. You already identified one of them. The lack of timeouts, man. You know, what I wanted to see, the second we started that fourth quarter, I feel like Boston opened up with a three. And what I wanted to see was a Popovich timeout, an immediate timeout. Like, I know, fuck this. We are not going to do this. And instead, 
Kerr continued what he's always done. He lets the team figure itself out, but I don't think it's the time for that. Not in the finals. And that drove me crazy. And while I'm pulling out random specific things, loved having Andre back in my life. I'm glad he's healthy. I'm glad he's on the team. What the hell was that turnover when he threw a moonshot towards the screen in the fourth quarter? When he just threw it straight up in the air? I'm not still, no one's been able to explain to me what the hell happened there at any stage. And it drove me crazy maxime here you go man were there things that bothered you about last night and if so what no i thought it was a great you know of course there are things about my goodness mm. uh you just touched on one andre and draymond getting a ton of minutes together like you said i mix i love andre more than more than anybody but at the same time that those minutes felt flat i don't need to give you any stats on it you just watch the game things were not working there um, I, you know, I could have seen a little bit more Gary Payton and a little bit less Andre Iguodala. Uh, Draymond and Poole combined for 10 turnovers between the two of them. Uh, that's not particularly great. Poole was a minus 19 overall. I think he was a little too excited, a little bit too uh, young in terms of just uh, a championship material for this game. Again, just not really inspiring confidence. Uh, there's also, you know, we, we know that we lost the fourth quarter to 40 to 16. That's a, that's a blowout. That's not okay. a good thing. At the same time, overall, right, that, that came on the back of just an unbelievable, like, 100 for 100 Celtics threes in that quarter. Um, you know, we're not going to—we shouldn't expect that they're going to make every single three at the rate that they did, especially Derek White um, had a transcendent game by his standards on offense. But at the same time, you know, NBA stats are showing that 38 of the 41 threes for the Celtics were open or wide open. That's a 93% to our 33 of 45, 73%. Like, that's not good, right? So, yes, sure, they hit all the shots fantastic, but we're giving them a lot of fantastic open looks, and we just need to clamp up, you know? I think that that means that we need to move a little bit faster. So the, the Andres and the Draymonds, right, who are just not the fastest players on the court— Draymond's great quarterbacking on both sides. Love it, right? But we're going to need faster people to make sure that we close out on these threes a little bit sooner. You lost me with some of those numbers, but while you were doing that, I looked up, and in fact, 40 to 16 is a bad fourth quarter, according to NBA.com. So you you definitely nailed that stat. I think you're fucking on the money. Um, CJ, take me to the other side of this. All right, so look. I think that anybody who watched it with eyeballs knows the, you know, some of the bad portions of what happened with the Warriors last night. They just gave up home court advantage, something they spent 82 games earning. Give me the other side. All right. Um, but don't be hyperbolic for me. Be honest. Are there reasons why we should be remaining optimistic even after last night? Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, like a like a, like I said, the Warriors were just fine for for you know. Through three quarters, they led by 12. They were just fine. Um, everything that happened in that fourth quarter is easily correctable. Yep. Um, a lot of those Horford threes were wide open. That comes down to effort. And I think that kind of it's kind of a reflection of the Warriors have gotten away with a lot of laziness in this postseason. They've gotten away with it because, you know, in the end, their experience and talent has won out, you know, against a team like the Celtics, a team that's that, that, that's that good defensively. I mean, like this isn't, this isn't Dallas. This isn't Memphis. This isn't um, Denver, right? Like the Boston Celtics won the East. They're yeah. a great team, man. And against a great teams, you can't get away with laziness. You, know, you just can't. Um and the Warriors kind of fell victim to that in the fourth quarter. But again, it's nothing that isn't correctable. And we've seen them, you know, turn up the intensity 
on a dime. It just like they got that big lead and they, you know, they thought they coast, you know, coast, coast through the fourth quarter for a win. And just wasn't like that. A team like Boston doesn't lay down. Even Udoka said it's their identity. They've showed that all postseason yep. long. So heading into game two, Warriors just have to know that they have to keep their pedal on the gas for a full 48 minutes. But you know, all these fans panicking and everything. Now it's not the time for that. No. The only biggest reason for concern um, as this series continues is again, you let the Celtics come into your come into your house and win a game, and that comes with a lot of confidence. Not to mention that Jason Tatum played like shit. I mean, he had 13 assists. I'm, yep. that, was, that was like a finals record, right? Yep. Like a quiet 13 assists, but like, you know. From scoring perspective, he played like shit. He's not going to play like shit for the remainder of this series. So, you know, when you have games like that, you got to take advantage. You know what I'm saying? You can't let Horford go for 26, scoring 22. What was it, 24 of his 26 in the fourth quarter or something crazy like that? You can't allow that. You can't have Derek White going for, what, 21, 21, 25? What do you have? You can't – you just can't allow that, Right. It's kind of it's similar to the Dallas series. Like Luca's gonna get his right when you get in troubles when Jalen Brunson scores thirty and Spencer Dinwiddie has twenty five. That's when you're in right. trouble, right? Yeah. It's the same thing in this series. Like, and you know, in the end, Jalen Brown got his last night. In the end, um, but you can't waste games like this, you know, where you shut down Tatum. You know, like for exactly. and for a while, both of them were shut down. For a very long stretch of this game, everyone was shut down for a very long stretch of this game. Yep. So you, you just got to finish, man. It just comes down to finishing and focus. You've hit both parts for me. So I'm going to go with the optimistic portion first. Yeah. This doesn't shift anything, but it's a reminder. Um, up until this series, I think all of us were secretly thinking, and this includes the players, that the only team who could beat the Warriors was Golden State. You know, that as long as they played what they could do and they didn't fucking turn over the ball, they would walk with a victory very easily. Well, reminder, not true. The Warriors didn't beat the Warriors last night. Boston did. They came out and took it from us, and they deserve it. You know, so there, there's something to at least acknowledge with the other side to this coin. What I was told over and over and over and over again was that Boston had the most elite defense that anyone had ever seen. Through three fucking quarters, the Warriors had 92 points. They were able to score on them. They looked pretty goddamn good. And also last night, and we've we've alluded to it, let me give some of my own numbers, Horford, Marcus Smart, and Derek White won a combined 15 of 23 from three-point land. That's 65%. And I'll look, I'll concede right now. If, if they shoot 65% from three, we're going to lose this series. We might lose it in four. Here's another thing I'll concede. There's no way that happens. It's not going to go down. I looked in the regular season, all right? Their combined uh, three-point average in the regular season was 32%. During the postseason, it jumps a little bit to 40, but it's nowhere near 65. So is there a reason why, you know, we think this can shift? Of course. Now, the thing that worries me, I at least got to say it, man, because you pointed it out, Sometimes when you lose a game you should have won, it it hits you in a nasty spot. Look back at Dallas. Look back at game two for the Warriors. Remember when we were down 20 and then the the Warriors pulled it out? And then later on, after we came back from Dallas, we were up 3-1 and Dallas kept saying, well, this should be a 2-2 series. If the Warriors don't really take this seriously, if they don't come out and learn from this, this could be the kind of game where we're, you know, where we suddenly find ourselves in a three-one hole. So they're going to have to come back, which bleeds into the fucking negativity part. CJ, you hit it. 
if I'm going to go out of my way to say that White and Horford and everyone else are going to shoot this well, well, we got to acknowledge that Tatum is, you know, is probably and it's going like, to it's shoot It's no disrespect to Horford and White, right? Those guys are NBA players. Yeah, you know, sure. they've had bright spots in this postseason, but that's not who they are or who they have been consistently throughout their careers. It's not anybody. Uh-huh. Steph Curry doesn't shoot 65% from three. <laughs> Nobody has. Pick anyone in the history of the game. They do not do that. There, there was that three at the end of the shot clock from Derek White last night that I think tied it. And that was one of the that was one of those things of like it's just that night, you know, it's just the one they are just hitting it, and they they can't count on that shit. They can't count on it. So of course there's reasons. Here's uh, here's my most important question, I think. So Maxime and I have both gone on record with our series predictions. I said the Warriors in seven. Maxime, I think he said in six before last night. CJ, what was your series prediction? Uh, before last night, my prediction was Warriors in six. Okay, what is it now? Uh, having watched that, does it did it shift at all? Mm, I don't like overreacting, man. Exactly. I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay Warriors and six. But you know, after next game, you know, maybe we can reevaluate that. But like right now, I'm saying I'm, I'm gonna stick with Warriors and six. I need more confidence. Let's Maxime edit that whole. We're gonna reevaluate it after the second part. Just take that shit immediately out. Maxime, does it change anything for you, man? Because I did. You were dancing around Warriors and five. Now we're you know, but you're official Warriors and six. Does this shift it for you? It does not. Look, you split the series at home. You split the series at Boston. You come back. You win it at home. You're looking at an elimination game in Boston for game six. It's just like the math makes sense. I I saw this stat on Reddit. Teams that win game one on the road go on to win the series 50% of the time. Oh, Just fifty percent of the time. Okay. Dude, I've seen three different like statistics for <laughs> no. that. Like, like, <laughs> so, but mine is correct. Forty-seven percent. Someone said fifty. I'm like, which one is it? I saw seventy. <laughs> so this makes me feel better. Like, which one is it, man? <laughs> Don't you worry about that. Let's, Let's go with forty-seven. I like forty-seven the most. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I think there's there's reason for that for that level of optimism. I mean, CJ keeps on saying it, and it's spot on. Through three quarters, we were looking great. I thought Otto, Otto Porter did not have an out of body game he just had a solid game for him I mean he went four for five granted if we're talking about players um hitting extremely high three-point percentage shots uh you know he's not going to hit like that every time but he was solid you know Wiggins had himself a great game too there's just tons of reasons to look at this team and say and yeah this. actually we're Clay in a good position and Jordan aren't going to be off like that the entire series yeah. like Jordan will get going eventually Clay we will be to, going you know what have to worry about like, Jordan a little bit so here, before like the before Warriors we were in control of that game for three quarters with Jordan Poole playing terribly and Clay Thompson not really being aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just there's just so much left. Uh, and in, in, in some way, their excellence here, Boston's excellence here was expected. But let me let me run this through the uh question that we're currently answering. I had the Warriors in six. Does this change anything for me? Absolutely not. I'll go further than that. I am pot. I haven't personally interviewed every single person who's picked the Warriors to win it, but I feel real confident in saying this. Every person, go look at all the predictions you can find online. Every single person who picked the Warriors, none of them picked a fucking sweep. None of them. Most of them picked six. And I bet you if you asked them, all of them would have expected Boston to win one here. Boston is eight and two on the road during the playoffs. You know, and all those people would have told you they'll expect Boston to lose one at home. Boston is five and four at home. So this is expected. Does it change what I thought was going to happen? No, it just happened earlier than we wanted. 
You know, I don't think anybody thought this was going to be game one. So we've got this turd in our mouth, just as I was saying. But don't overreact. Look at the full fucking meal. We've got another six games perhaps coming. And there's reasons that it will shift here. And I, I'm, I hesitate to ask this question, but honestly, I need your opinion, man. Uh, between Kyle Anderson and Derek White, who has the larger forehead, do you think? Because I, I think it's Derek White, but I'm not sure. And it's hard, man. There's not stats. I looked online. Like, there's nothing objective that's out there. The thought that you're putting into this makes me incredibly happy, CJ. Like, just really incredibly happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, here's a real question, a better question, but in, in the same vein. So as I got more and more frustrated last night, I fired off more and more inappropriate comments about Derek White's forehead. And my wife was getting angrier and angrier. And like, I'm asking things like, you know, when we go to the game, we're not that close, but do you think I'll still be able to reach his hairline? Like that kind of stuff. Appropriate, man. Like, I mean, you do this shit for a living and you couldn't actually answer the previous question, but give me like looking at fans who take shit too hard. Am I allowed to fire off things about their personal appearance or I mean, maybe out of bounds a little bit. Hey, look, man. Look, look, I'm a Wizards fan growing up, Commanders fan. I've been known to say some foul things in my past. So, you know, as long as you don't, you know, cross a certain line of, you know, that's, that's I feel like that's just like playful. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, with the Knicks fans talking about Trey Young's receding airline, but like, don't like, don't like talk about a man's family or his pockets or something, you know, but I guess that's fun. I mean, Derek White and you know and um, Kyle Anderson. I think I think they know what's up, what's going on up there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they have eyes in a mirror. Yeah, I think yeah so it's like I was, they've been hearing that their whole lives. I'm sure, <laughs> like they tune it out. You know what I'm saying? They they, they cry with their you know Benjamins. You know they wipe their eyes with their bulls and they keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Just don't just don't like call a man's family out or here. Give me a second. Know. I got to cross out my yeah, questions you know about Derek White's family. I got up there because like two or three pages here, but I'll yeah okay. My <laughs> All the way gone. Here's the one I really need your, your take on. Game two. All right. Um, two questions. One, is it a must win? Two, the line is Warriors plus four. Uh, how would you bet? Um, I think it is a must win. You know, I, look, despite Boston struggles at home in this, this postseason, you don't want to go, go, go there down 0-2. Because this thing can turn to three one real quick, and then you're in an uphill battle that you're probably not going to win. Um, so I think the you know best case scenario for the Dubs are are the split at home, and then try to split in Boston, and you know retake home court advantage. Because uh, you go down 0-2, you're kind of you're kind of screwed. You know we're talking about those percentages. Yeah, what's the percentage for teams that go down 0-2 <laughs> in the NBA bottles? I'm sure that's not very pretty. So seventy percent. I have no fucking idea. We can, probably, <laughs> we can probably give you three. All right, so it's a must win. All right. No, I'm gonna go, but, but to answer your question, um, I'll go with the Warriors to uh, win that game. I'll bet on the Warriors just simply because with the uh, as the veteran team they are, uh, they know what's at stake going down 0-2, and that's just something they can't afford. Same questions to you, Maxime. Defining it as a must win, I don't think we're quite at that point, right? I think you heard a lot of um, – 
enthused, uh, what's the word for it? You, you, you saw a lot of optimism from the Mavericks fan base, right? Oh, previous two series, we went down 0-2 and pulled it together. There is a lot to be said for the number of players, zero, on the Celtics team that have been to the finals versus the number of players on the Warriors squad who have and who have won championships. And that matters, especially as you get farther and farther into the series. They've had two seven-game series in a row. They will wear down as the series goes on, especially like old folks like Horford, like we talked about last time. So I don't think it's quite a must win. Um, it's going to feel real not good. And I think they're going to hear a lot of noise from the fan base specifically if we do lose the second game. So uh, with that said, I do think that they do pull it out and I think they cover the spread. I don't think they cover it by much. Um, I think it's going to be close, but I think that they do end up pulling out at least a five point win. I'm going to go backwards. I don't think they'll cover. I Ooh. do think they'll win. I think it's going to be another nail biter. So buckle up. Maybe, maybe not. Hopefully not. But I think the Warriors win and I think it's going to be a little close. Going back to must win. So Milwaukee started off last year's finals in an 0 2 hole. Um, I don't think they played either of those games at home. I wasn't smart enough to look that up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they lost those first two in Phoenix. So is it must win, you know, in that sense? I guess not. You know, I, I've heard Steve Kerr say, look, that that phrase actually means something. You know, if we lose, will they go home? No. But I'm hedging more towards CJ on this one. A, an 0-2 hole in a game where, where one of our principal advantages is that we have a championship DNA and we always show up at this stage to not show up for the first two. It, yeah, that, that's not really the, the tone that we need to set. And if the walk away, if the biggest piece of optimism we have is, look, they thought they had it in the bag and they didn't show up in the fourth quarter. Well, if they don't show up now, then, you know, it, it's it, there's going to be panic that ensues. So I'll go ahead and say as close to if they lose that game, do they then come home? You know, no, they'll still play. So it's not a must win in that sense. But if they lose it, will any of us feel good about those chances? Will any of us be willing to bet on the Warriors? No, I don't think so. So uh so bring this home is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Let's pull this out. Uh, CJ, we miss you, man. And I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking that. I've been really enjoying your coverage. And chat. before I give you this closeout, I, I forgot to ask you up front. How is this? So, you know, your first year, man, you're in the finals. You are, you are watching history be made. Is it enjoyable? Is it too much work? Is it a, a combination? I mean, how, how are you surviving here? I'll say this. A few short months ago, I was questioning if I still belonged in the journalism industry. I was working on the news desk at my former employer, um, about to move back into my mother's house to save money. And to go from that to covering, you know, an NBA championship series is mind blowing. And I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to be in this position. Um, you know, a couple of days ago when we first started setting up um, for the finals, the chase center, I was there for practice. I walked out onto the court and, you know, saw the, the finals logo on the chairs and on the, you know, the scores tables you know, up in the up on the jumbotron, and I just I just couldn't believe it. Like I, I kind of had a little moment there, and um, walking around Chase Center yesterday and seeing a bunch of people in the industry you admire, and you know, people at the level you aspire to get to, and you know, to be finally be in the same room with some of those people just kind of shows that you know 
you know, you're trending in the right direction, kid. You know what I'm saying? Of course so, I do. <laughs> it It's well-deserved. So look, you and I have known each other well enough now where you know that I'm capable of ass kissing. I am no problem with it, but when I do it, I always do it up front. I do it for a reason, right? So like if I've, all I want to do is ask us, we would have done this in the first two minutes and then I would have tried to get some benefit from it. So I have no reason to tell you this. You are very good at what you do, man. I've been, we've been following along. It's not on accident that, I, that I've been bugging you to be on this fucking podcast. I, I feel lucky to have you as our beat writer. I feel lucky to have you as our guest. And I am sure that there are a lot of people who feel identically for those people. Where can they turn to get more CJ Holmes in their life? Guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CJ Holmes 22. And if you ever want to hang out, just pull up Lake Merritt. I'll meet you outside. Boom. Yeah. You'll find me at the uh, <laughs> at that table where they sell mushrooms over by Lake Merritt. I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> fan. That's a thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> CJ, I'm, I've told you a few times. So we're almost done with this. Um, when the season is finally done and you got some time, I'm born and raised in Oakland. Let's, let's go out there. We don't necessarily have to do the shrooms, but I'll be sure you <laughs> where you can buy them. If you want to reach out to us, let us know that we should start panicking or that our optimism is, uh, is well-founded that I shouldn't be talking about class C drugs on a podcast, anything you can shoot that take to our email, which is at Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Boom. Also hit us up on our uh, social media. That's only Twitter. That's uh, at Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, go Warriors, go Lake Merritt, and hopefully we'll see you real soon. Good, good.